Welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, the podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the Quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Anna of Wax and Wayne Studio. Hi, everyone. Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Machen of Machen Marie. Hey. Now, before we jump into all our quilty questions today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Machen? Yeah, I am a 28-year-old woman. My pronouns are she slash her, and I'm located 20 miles north of Seattle, and I live here with my husband and two cats, Koopa and Yoshi. So since we know where your Instagram handle came from, can you tell us a little bit why you chose to go with your name rather than maybe something different for your business? Yeah. um, When I created my Instagram back in 2012 I think it was it was just for fun my friend was showing me the app and she's like oh here you should sign up and I was like well I can't think of any unique name so I'm just going to use my name that's pretty unique in and of itself um and I just was sharing things and eventually it turned into quilting and I just kept it because I'm not that creative (laughs) (laughs) also it's got a nice flow yeah, it is. It's it's very easy um, for me, at least. And it's a question for other people to ask, like, oh, what is the, what does this handle mean? <laughs> oh, that's my name. <laughs> so, oh, Captain Obvious. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so in your Instagram profile picture, it shows you holding a sign that says reusable looks good on you. Could you tell us more about that? Yeah, it kind of ties into the whole reason I started making bags. Um, I just didn't see anything that was attractive to me. And so I was like, it's kind of boring. It doesn't look good on people. I don't want to grab it. I think that's one of the things is if you want reusable, you want it to look good, um, at least for me to remember it. And so um, that was in the back of my head when I was making things. And then one day my friend was like, oh, I have a photo shoot. You know, you should bring some props or something. And I was like, well, I don't know what to put on the sign. Like, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> so it's like, okay, reusable. Oh, reusable looks good on you. And it just kind of, it's like, this is a marketable. I hate using that thing, but it's a marketable term and it catches people's eyes when they see it. Like, it makes you think, oh, I wonder what that means. So you alluded to this uh, just a minute ago that you started uh, Machen Marie to fulfill your own needs when you were mm-hmm. looking for a reusable bag. Um, can you, like, had you ever quilted or sewn before? Or was this your first endeavor into the space? I have been sewing since I was 16. Um, so it definitely wasn't my first endeavor. I started sewing quilts then and then during college I to make a couple extra bucks um, for beer money um, I started selling pouches uh, one the ones with zippers and I had learned from YouTube um, I remember uh, Melanie Ham I think was the username she was really at least really popular back in 2012 2013 that's kind of how I got into bags and then I realized my hatred for zippers <laughs> I hate them. I agree. Um, (laughs) Everybody wants me to add zippers to my bags and I will not do it. 
uh, it is not worth the stress. But I had, so I had some bag experience, some sewing experience. And then um, when I graduated college was when I really started to get into the actual bag making, as you see now with Mitch and Marie. I needed something sturdy to carry my bags because um, at the time I was living with my parents and shopping, doing the grocery shopping for the seven of us. So I needed something that could handle all of that. And that's kind of how I was experimenting with the process. And I really also wanted something to do in a shorter amount of time during my work hours. Like I can't bust out a quilt in an evening. It's not as satisfying. <laughs> I was going to work as a bookkeeper. You don't always feel a sense of like accomplishment because everything's so cyclical. It's like for my mental health, I need to go home and make something and I need to finish it. <laughs> so that was kind of also one of the things it's like, oh, bags, those work. Um, and honestly, I don't really know how how the, the style came to be. It just did through experimenting, um, looking at um, blogs and watching other people and seeing what, they, what was out there and um, kind of combining my love of quilting in a bag. Do you use a specific type of batting or just regular cotton batting? Um, I experimented with those. I didn't like how flimsy it was at mm -hmm. first um, because when you're at the grocery store, you're trying to put in items and it would just like flop over. And I was like, this is really frustrating. If this is something I want to use and other people are going to use, it has to stand up. So I use a uh, like a thick foam stabilizer. Oh, interesting. And did you discover that through just reading multiple different blogs and tutorials or that's just like that you randomly stumbled across one day um they have I don't use this product but they have a very similar product at Joanne um fabric and I was like oh it was in the interfacing section I was like oh what is this um and at the time I was new to interfacing all I still don't really even use it but I was very new to it so I was kind of experimenting with that and then eventually I found a better product um, that I like to use. It's comparable and um, yeah, it just washes better. Is it easy to quilt through? Um, for my Juki, it is. I haven't, I don't have a fancy machine, just a Juki. So I have no idea if it would work on like, like a basic singer or anything like that. I have no idea. But it doesn't like pull up or anything. It doesn't act any. No, it doesn't uh, pull up. It's fusible. So it kind of helps when I'm quilting. No. So you don't um, have to nice. do like you don't have to use basting spray or anything for mm -mm. it. No, oh, that saves so much time. Yeah, it's very handy. Um, but I have to be very careful when I'm ironing. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's, it's sticky. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> so it, it gets on your iron, and you're just like, and then you're going to iron another project, and you get it all over it. You're just oh, like, that's annoying. Oh gosh! <laughs> Thank God for baking soda. <laughs> You do a lot of dense quilting for your bags. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any tips or tricks to share about how to master that straight line, dense quilting look? Um, one thing I do that most people hate hearing is I sew fast. I sew really fast um, <laughs> because there's less time to question your decision. It's just going through the machine. Um, but no, in all sincerity, I, I guess I do sew fast, but I think really just paying attention to your lines. The, the density of the quilt thing that I do lines up with my foot. Uh, okay. yeah. I was so going to ask I don't, you use a, um, a seam yeah. guide or anything. I just yeah. use my normal foot. Um, I don't even use a walking foot. Oh, wow. Uh, 
yeah, my the walking foot that I have with Juki is not my favorite. Um, Fair and enough. It's, um, very expensive and it doesn't work very well. But I will line up with my presser foot, and if I need to, I can just change out the width or change out the presser foot to get a different width. But that's kind of how I do it. Um, if I wanted to go thicker, I have a guide, but then I have to use my walking foot. So I'm like, eh, I'd rather sew more dense <laughs> than deal with it. <laughs> Honestly. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I feel, I also like using the, my, uh, my presser foot to, as a guide rather than sometimes using that sort of quilting guide bar, like attachment they that move. you, yeah, they yeah. Move. I never mm-hmm. trust that thing. I, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't particularly like it and then sometimes as you're kind of like shifting the quote the foot the the guide kind of lifts up yeah and then because mm-hmm. of that then the lines are not completely straight like they need to come up with like a wider press of foot for, for <laughs> like <Multi>. yeah. <laughs> three inches i need a three like, inch one yeah. Like yeah. A, yeah. i would love that <laughs> with all the little notches for you to line up with mm-hmm <laughs> That would be yeah. so good. Another Kickstarter idea, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a universal three-inch, really six-inch wide. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think you can make a lot of money. So are you as fast when quilting quilts as you are when you're quilting your bags? Sometimes. It really depends. <laughs> I like to be fast, but um, just because I think it's a smoother process. Like I said before, my brain has less time to be like, oh, you should fix that. I just like it goes through and I'm like, okay, decision made. But with quilts, it's kind of hard, even with my big juky throat to shove it all through. Yeah. Mm. And I quilt um, everything the same direction. I don't rotate my quilt. Uh. So I push the whole quilt through my um, through the throat of my machine. Just so it doesn't get any of that weird pulling that I, at least I experience. Yeah, I get that too. I, you have to, I feel like you have to go in all one direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I recently didn't. And I did the, like the last like third of it. I rotated it. And when I Changes. looked at the end, I was just like, well, I'm not going to fix it, but it's there. And you can see the, <laughs> the move. <laughs> That's documented for all the time. <laughs> no one's going to notice. I mean, unless yeah. I point it out, no one's going to notice. Yeah. I, mean, I always do. <laughs> <laughs> By the number way, one rule don't do that <laughs> I know so part of the reason that you um, create and sell bags is part of kind of your own waste reduction journey mm-hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit more about your own personal journey and how you're trying to encourage others yeah um it kind of happened like I my memory is really bad so I have no idea how what originally sparked my interest I just remember Um, kind of being aware of what I was throwing away Um, and that as a person who by nature everything has a purpose I was just like oh why am I throwing away these just say bags why are we throwing these away and so it started out with kind of making bags and using them Um, and then I was like okay well what can I what can I work on next? What is a good step? And I was like, okay, well, bulk beans. I don't know why that was my next step. But I was like, I hate cans. I hate them. Probably because I'm traumatized as a child. But um, <laughs> I got... There's, there's cut, a story there. <laughs> I, I got cut by one um, that opening um, it up, mm. it cut my um, thumb. And ever oh. since, I'm like, oh. So probably something along those lines. I was like, okay, let's get bulk beans and make your own beans. Um, 
And then over time, I learned like buying things um, not only in less packaging, but in the weight of the product you're buying is important uh, just because of the emissions, the weight that the trucks have to take and they can take less per trip. Um, and things just cost more like water. Why are we paying for water in a can when you can do it yourself? Um, of course, that all depends on your economic status, um, where you're living and if you have access to clean water. But um, if you do have that privilege to to make your own beans, that was something that we decided to do. And then at that same time, my husband and I were buying our house and we were getting married. So this all like, oh, we can do more things. And we... <laughs> started going to our farmer's market and just being aware of like a local economy and buying from them rather than going to our like our big chain grocery store and who knows where the produce was coming from um going to the farmer's market was a privilege that we got we get to have and so buying from them to support them and putting money back into our economy which is another a low waste um something that people don't think about is putting money in, back into your economy um, and then it's just kind of a mindset that I've just evolved. Like, what can I do next? What can I add? What can I switch? Um, and in that whole journey, one of the things that I've really come to learn and I'm still really working on is just being honest with myself and being kind to myself. I see a lot of people out there like, oh, I didn't throw anything away today. And just like, how is that realistic for so many people? Like, it's just not. And to not throw away something is a huge privilege. And recognizing that we all have different opportunities in front of us to take advantage of. And just being honest and looking around at what you can do to support yourself in your journey. How has this, um, has there been any spillover to how you approach quilting? Oh, yeah. Um, by nature, like I said earlier, I don't like to waste things. I like everything to have a purpose. So when I was constructing my bags, I constructed them being mindful of, okay, how much can I get out of a quarter yard cut? What is the width of the bag going to be? When I'm making the lining, how much of the, the cut am I going to use? And so I really constructed the bag based off of those parameters to eliminate as much waste as I can. And until recently, I had like a two inch strip left over from the bag process. And it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Um, for a while I was sending them off to my friend and she was making keychains out of them. Interesting. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then more recently I've been making fabric magnets out of them. So kind of just using all that I can in a way that's cute. Do you ever find like when you're picking your next quilt pattern, do you have favorite pattern designers who are efficient about using fabric? Not one that comes to the top of my head is efficient with every single pattern that they mm -hmm. come out. Um, I've been working a lot with um, Fran of Cotton and Joy. Mm -hmm. I think she does a really good job at using the fabric. And then Modernly Morgan does as well. Her, I'm working on a new pattern for her coming out, and she's using the entire fat quarter, which wow. I'm like, oh, we'll see how this goes. Um, <laughs> but I think that's. I think more people are being aware of like. Fabric is really expensive. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and to use, you know, two inches and ask for the pattern to be a quarter of a yard, it's just like, well, then now I have all this extra fabric um, left over. And that's great. If you are very good at using scraps, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not good at incorporating them. Um, 
but if you can, good for you. I mean, kudos for you. There's a lot of good patterns out there um, that do. I wish I was better at using scraps. Yeah, I definitely remember. I think I remember seeing it then came June pattern. I think it was like the flower tile one where um, you can convert the like scraps like into like a half square triangle quilt or something. So um, I think that's pretty cool. For someone who is thinking about being more mindful about waste, whether it's for quilting or in their day-to-day life, um, Mm -hmm. what are your kind of top three tips to start someone on that journey? Um, Be kind to yourself. Um, The the process is always going to be changing. Where you're at in life is always going to be changing. And comparing yourself to other people is just, it's helpful if you're able to look at what they're doing. But at the end of the day, it's about your journey. Um, so just being kind, being really, really kind and thoughtful. Um, and then if you're really wanting to look at um, being mindful of what you're throwing away, just watching, watching your trash can. What are you throwing away? And sometimes you can't do anything about it, but sometimes you can. For a while, I was throwing away a lot of um, just recycling paper. And I was like, well, I could save this and just reuse it to to wrap gifts or I could reuse it to package other things that I'm sending out to people. Um, so watching your trash and just seeing if you can do anything about it. And again, if you can't, you can't. Um, they say that there's some statistic out there that, you know, I'm a numbers person, but I never remember the right, <laughs> right number. Um, they say like 80% of our emissions comes from 10% of the corporations. So just keeping that in mind, um, which I guess leads into support businesses that are pushing towards that change, who are supporting other businesses who are trying to put sustainable practices out there. Um, I know Wildwood Creative in um, Renton, which is just outside of Seattle, Washington. She opened up her store a couple years ago, and recently she started to shift what she's buying based off of that mindset of like, how are they doing their practices? Um, And I'm giving them my money. So what does that have to say? And I really appreciated watching her journey as definitely as a store. Is that a quilt um, store? Yeah, it's a quilt store. Sorry. Well, quilt and craft. She does okay. glasses as well. But yeah. So what is the one common misconception about waste reduction and recycling that you wish everyone knew about? Oh, there's so many things. Um, I don't know everything. Um, but one of the things that I recently have become aware of is, well, more aware of, um, is the fact that it's not all that goes in your garbage. I, like I said before, it's not just about what you're throwing away, but where is this product coming from? Who's making it? And what are their practices? How much waste are they emitting into the thing? And Because the, the reality is, is if it's traveling overseas, that's a huge emission. And what are they dumping in the ocean? And that process and their, who are they paying to do the work? So waste reduction is more of a mindset of just being conscious to the earth and the people. Um, And that's kind of where my mind has shifted. That's a really good reminder that we are not the beginning of the supply chain, but the Mm -hmm. chain exists far before it ever reaches our hands. Yeah, I think it's it's much bigger than just the trash can or compost or recycling. Well, those things are so important, um, composting especially. It's just, there's so much out of our control and... I, I, beat, I beat myself up about like, well, I could be doing more. I can be doing more. And it's just like, no, Majin, you still have to go to work every day. You still have to live your life. 
And how are you going to make these changes that are realistic to to your lifestyle and your mental health? Um, it's a really important distinction for me. And what, while knowing that, how can I be support and be an ally to other people that are doing the same thing? So you've had some experience setting up pop-up stores at art mm-hmm. and craft fairs with these coming back meaning not being online anymore. What is some advice you could give to someone that's interested in doing that for the first time? Planning. Don't think that you're going to be ready the week before. I made that mistake once. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, I think planning and being realistic with your timeline, like don't be thinking that you can make 100 items in a week or two. Like that's just not going to happen. But also having a friend really helped me. I was making bags, I think, for three or four years before I ever even thought about doing a market. Um, But my friend Paige, she um, pushed me to apply to a market. And I did two markets in a weekend for my first time. Wow. That's exhausting. Yeah. I don't (laughs) really recommend it. Um, It's a lot. Thankfully, my husband was there because after a while, I, I have a hard time selling what I'm making. Um, and he was there to like give me a little boost, be friendlier than I can be. I can be very, I can be very blunt. It's like if you don't need a bag, don't buy one. Like, you need this. <laughs> so having him was very helpful. But um, and having a good support friend who had done markets for years was the, so important. We actually the second market of the weekend, we were right next to each other our booths. So having her was very nice. Do you think you'll go back to doing markets once they come back? Um, That has been a topic that has been rambling in the back of my head. I work a full-time job, probably more than a full-time job. And I'm really trying to focus my, my mental health on being present in where I'm at. And sometimes I can just jump from being at work all day to jumping into bag production. And then I don't see my husband or I don't get to cuddle my cat. So I don't know how I'm going to fit that into my schedule right now. But it's something that maybe if I plan something for October that I can slowly work on towards <laughs> doing. But yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm open to it. But right now, I think I have to figure out a lot of things before I do. For someone that's setting up a stall, do you, do you have to go there with fixtures yourself or is that something that they provide depending on the organizer of the event? Um, In my experience, you've had to provide everything. Um, Some of them do provide tables, but you have to provide your own tent or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't provide any of the stands to display your items. You have to kind of provide that yourself. So it is a a big investment. Yeah. Pretty pricey, pretty quick. Pretty, yeah. One of the things that I did was I built this shelving unit um, with my dad that's kind of collapsible so I can like fit it in my car and then it displays all my bags. That, But that's still, even though we built it, it was a huge investment. So while you're debating and deciding on whether you're going to rejoin the market scene, um, what other goals are brewing for this year in your quilting life? I have in the back of my head, I have for the last few years, I have been contemplating how I want to work with other makers in the bag process. I have been wanting to partner with people and they kind of design a palette for a bag. And then we would work together on donating, finding a cause to donate the proceeds to. Cool. 
I, that's something that I've been wanting to do. Um, whether that's going to happen this year, I hope it does. But um, I think that giving back is something that I'm ready to start doing a little bit more in my process. And I think it'd be fun because people are just so creative. I'm like, I would have never put those colors together. You have an awesome sense of color. I love how you thread match. I'm always amazed. That's my bread and butter is thread matching. I love it. I will sit and I will pull down because I have my thread above my desk on a shelf. And I will just like pull it down and just like look at, well, this one looks good. Nope, nope. Don't do that one. And then I'll start sewing sometimes. I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? (laughs) Actually, I had a question. So when you're selecting fabrics for your quilts and your bags, is it you know, would you go for more sort of neutralish kind of colors or sort of colors that you normally have in your wardrobe for bags versus what's on your quilt? How I kind of see it is my bag style is more of my inner child, like, oh, what pretty fabrics, like what something that's be really colorful can I incorporate into bags? While my quilts are kind of more for me, more like, oh, what do I want to put in my home? What's going to go with my color palette that's more modern and kind of minimalist but not um so my bags started out to be very colorful and they still are but I feel like my quilts and my bags have kind of come together a little bit more over the years because I'm like oh I have this fabric why not use it rather than buying different fabric for bags and different fabric for quilts that makes sense (laughs) it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions are you ready Machen? I think so okay Let's go. Uh, And by let's go, I mean, Anna, why don't you kick us off? (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite time of day to quilt? Saturday morning um, when I wake up. Where do you sew? I sew in my studio. We live in a townhouse, so I sew on the bottom floor. Uh, Do you wear shoes while sewing? Uh, No, no. no. Slippers? Socks? No, nothing. Bare feet? Bare feet. I like the pedal to the metal feel. (laughs) (laughs) My feet are too big for it. I've been what? thinking about this a lot recently. I, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm kind of what? <laughs> like my, my toes, my toes almost curl over. Like really? I can't get like my feet are so I have just more slide feet. your foot back. Yeah, yeah, I do. And then like then it's too much pressure on my weak ankles. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sounds like you. <laughs> I am actually 86. Um, Makes a lot well, of sense. It does. Yeah. It really, it, it all maybe, adds up. Maybe you should get like a foot pad, like underneath your pedal. Oh, you mean or a brace, an ankle brace. Yeah. <laughs> no, then like then I'll get like you know I'll get horrible like marks on my skin and blisters from it. Now. There's always an excuse. Yeah, and be like know, always <laughs> an excuse. Okay. Uh, music, Netflix, podcasts, or silence while sewing. I like to watch YouTube. What's your current favorite? Um, I like to watch people make things because it makes me feel more productive while I'm sewing. Making anything or? Oh, yeah, like or... home renovations, mm-hmm. um, woodworking, design, stuff like that. Um, what is your favorite snack book? Uh, peanut butter pretzels. What's your favorite color? I don't know. Purple, I think. That kind of purple fuchsia toned color. The one in your um, in your logo? One of the ones in there? A deeper, but around that color, yeah. What is your favorite brand of solids? I have been sewing with Kona for years, but recently I tried out PBS solids, Paper oh, Studios. Quite nice, mm-hmm. actually. They're yeah. very nice, mm. yes. What do you like about them? Um, I like that they're thicker like Kona is, but they're soft like Art Gallery. So it's kind Ooh. of an in-between. 
What's your favorite Kona color? Oh, you're pulling at my heartstrings. I remember you guys did the um, oh. Oh, the quiz. Pickle and Charisse. I was like, you cannot make me pick. Do not. <laughs> pick. Yeah, but how did those get kicked out? I know. I was so yeah, gutted. I like, I, Pickle was coming in so strong at the beginning. What color fabric do you use the most? All of them. Um, <laughs> recently, I've been gravitating towards more of that burnt orange, mm. like kind of 70s orange color. Um, solids or prints? Solids. 100% solids. Who is your favorite fabric designer? I think Melody Miller. Yeah, Melody Miller with um, Rousseau Society. Mm-hmm. She was the first one that I actually, um, I found her prints. And she at the time, she had just come out with a cat line. I was like, oh, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last fabric you bought? Diamond Textile. They're the ones that are like woven into it. They have like, it's basically the same color, but the dots are woven in mm-hmm. and it's slightly different color. Ooh, cool. What is your favorite quilt shop? Quilting Mayhem in Snohomish, Washington. They are right up the street and they carry all of the solids I need. Nice. And their staff is amazing. So I love going there. How do you organize your fabrics? I have three locations. One is where I put all my poles together. The other is my prints. And then the other section is my solids. What do you do with your scraps? I have a big bin underneath my desk that will eventually I want to make a big um, poof out of. Uh, what sewing notion couldn't you live without? Those snips. Not the scissors, but the tiny little snips that come together really easily. What's your favorite ruler size? Um, six and a half by any length. What thread brand do you use? When I am making my bags, I love the cotton and steel thread. I do use Guterman just because they have a lot more, but... Um, when I'm assembling, I love Orofil. Uh Pressing preference, open, dark side, whatever works. Probably 90% of the time it's open. I think it's a cleaner finish at the end. HSTs, curves, or flying geese? Um, I think I like curves, even though I don't do them very often. I really enjoy them. <laughs> do you have a go-to long arm quilter? I have two. Um, Mindy of Wild Phil Quilting and then Tawny of Tawny. I think her last name is Oland. She's out of California, and then Mindy is out of Utah. Uh, machine or hand bind? Machine. Spray, pin, or thread-based? Pin. Pre-wash always, sometimes, never? Sometimes. If it's um, bright fabric, I will, or dark. What is your favorite part of the quilting process? Um, I like when you're on that last, like you're sewing all your rows together. Like, oh, you can see results so fast. This is fun. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> What's your least favorite part of the quilting process? Oh, the final press. Uh, What's one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? Trimming the threads after you've ironed it and before you baste it. So you don't have like... Dark background quilts are for the win. Yeah. (laughs) They hide so many (laughs) films. We all love white, but it comes back to bite us. It really does. Um, Who is your quilty BFF? Paige of Ponderosa Creative. And who is your quilty crush? Jenna of Wet Mountain Quilt Co. She is so bold in her color choices and her background choices and her color pairings. I'm like, I wish that I could be in your mind for a minute. (laughs) It's just so, what she does is amazing. Uh, What's your favorite recent make? My Stellar Flare quilt. Uh, I did, I used the diamond textile, like a bluish background. And then I did kind of a orangey, 
stars. It's a pattern by Cotton and Joy. Uh, do you have any other interests or hobbies? No, I feel really embarrassed to say, but like I enjoy going to breweries with my husband. Like that's my second hobby. Why be embarrassed of that? Because it just sounds like, oh, you're just sitting and drinking. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I am. But it's a lovely <laughs> make an awesome yeah. tour guide. You could yeah. be a great brawl, bar crawl <laughs> tour guide. I could be. I mean, I'd be like, we're just going to stay at one spot. Yeah. But, but we can go to one spot one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, before we wrap today up, we've got just a couple more questions. First up is who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Definitely Jenna of Wet Mountain Quilt Co., just because her style is amazing. Um, and then two non-quilters that I love following, Stevie Yay. And Stevie has four A's in her Yay. So Stevie with four A's. Yeah. Okay, Stevie Yay. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, She is a social activist, and I just love her style. And she makes... She makes the approach to zero waste just more approachable. She's very friendly and she makes amazing lotion that I love using. And I also love Monica of Home of Esperanza. She's like a home renovation woman. And she makes everything just seem so approachable, which I really appreciate it because it's intimidating. And before we sign off, do you have any fun projects on the horizon that you can share with us? Um, I do have a small project um, and talks about working with makers. I have um, a couple panels from Paige. She has done some curved work for me, and then they're going to eventually be a bag. So you can look forward to kind of seeing some of our collaborative styles come together. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Nice. So on that curvy note, uh, we need to wrap today up, and we hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio. Wendy. I am the dot weekend quarter. Anna. I'm Wax and Wayne Studio. And Machen. At Machen Marie. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe and tell your quilty friends about us too. If you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, we'd be thrilled. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Nailed it. <laughs>